Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This week, we discuss Apple's spring-loaded event and what you can expect. New iPad Pros, are we going to see AirTags, and lots more. This episode is brought to you by Upstart. Find out how you can lower your monthly payments at upstart.com slash appleinsider. And Amazon Pharmacy. Get free two-day shipping on your prescriptions at amazon.com slash appleinsiderrx. And the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower. Get 15% off on Nebbia products at nebbia.com slash appleinsider. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. Joining me this week, my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? Hello, it is going very well. And I think you can tell. I think I'm speaking faster because I'm now on an Apple Silicon. Absolutely. Mac. Everything's quicker. Everything's great. It makes your entire life better. There's no arguing with that, for sure. I, I honestly thought so. Yes. If we have time, we'll get to that because we have a ton of news. But also, Neil Hughes joining me again this week. What's up, Neil? Hey, guys. Happy to be here. But before we jump into all the news and the exciting Apple event that's coming next week, I wanted to let you all know of something that we're doing here at the Apple Insider Podcast that's new. I was so excited. I was able to come back to the Apple Insider Podcast a little over a year ago. And this past year has been great, especially in regards to the sponsors that we have. We have incredible sponsors and an ad agency that we work with. And we believe in all the sponsors. And I have right of refusal. If we don't want to have a sponsor on the show, we don't have it. And I really believe that we have some of the best companies on Apple Insider here on the podcast sponsoring the show. And so that's not going to change. We have sponsors lined up many months in advance. And that's credit to our ad agency and you guys responding to sponsors throughout the year. But we also have a way now where you can support the show and get an ad-free feed where there'll be no ads in the podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash Apple Insider. If you go there and you support the show with $8 a month, you get an ad-free feed of all the episodes, our weekly episode, and any special interviews or recap episodes that we do, like of the Apple event next week. I'll still put the sponsors in the show notes of that feed so you can see what the sponsors are now and what deals you can get with coupon codes or URLs to visit those sponsors. Because again, I believe in all of our sponsors and I think that they're just great products and great companies. Plus, you'll get the episode a little early. I'm going to release it as soon as it's edited. So if that's helpful for you, I know we have lots of listeners in different countries and maybe you'd like it a little earlier on Friday for you. You'll get early access to it and we're going to post some bonus content in there as well. I actually have a shortcut in there right now where that automatically changes your wallpaper with an unsplash image automatically. And you can get that shortcut as soon as you support the show on patreon.com slash Apple Insider. So if you'd like to get that ad-free feed or just support the show, we greatly appreciate that. You can do it on Patreon. And of course, this, the Friday episode, is not going to change. We appreciate everyone who listens to here. And we always encourage you, check out our sponsors because they're great. And we really believe in all of them and what they offer. So if you support the show right now, this episode is actually already in the Patreon feed, already ad-free. So go to patreon.com slash Apple Insider, start supporting the show, and you can listen to this one and the last two episodes. I have all of April in there already in an ad-free version. So you could do that. Once again, patreon.com slash Apple Insider. Thanks so much to all of you listeners, supporters, and those of you who listen every Friday. We greatly appreciate you. Now, to the news. All right, well, it finally happened, guys. We finally have... The first Apple event of 2021, after many leaks and rumors of it happening in March, delayed, maybe not happening, Apple sent out the announcement. Siri leaked it, actually, first of all, which was kind of hilarious. If you asked Siri early in the day 
Tuesday, April 13th, if you asked it, when is the next Apple event, it would tell you April 20th, 2021, and then it links to apple.com, which was hilarious. Did it do that on your guys' iPhones as well? No, and I kept trying. I kept trying. Really? Yeah, I didn't get it once. No. Interesting. Did you get a Neil? It seemed like it depended on what device you were on. So the HomePod, yes. The iPhone, no. I don't know why that was, but huh. I, I don't think that this was an accident. I think it was on. I think that the fact that it only worked on some devices for some people was a botch. But I mean, I, I think it's just a fun way to build hype, and I think that you know it, it, that's the kind of clever little thing that Apple does. So I, I don't think it was by accident. Interesting. Yeah, I heard someone think maybe uh, the engineer put 12 a.m. instead of 12 p.m. for changing the Siri <laughs> thing. I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> um, I would like to say actually at this point i'd like to say that i called it on this new event but i can't because i went totally the opposite way i I was adamant (laughs) that having announced wwdc there was no way apple was going to kind of spoil that event with another one and i was just in the tiniest bit 100 percent wrong (laughs) for sure it was wild i mean just how much back and forth it went but it was announced it is titled spring loaded event a colorful almost reminiscent of the six colors apple logo design you can do the whole ar augmented reality thing with the event invite shape and i thought it was interesting greg joswiak actually i think was the first apple exec to tweet about it saying he was very excited for the event obviously apple's not going to give us anything on what's coming but it's april 20th tuesday it's going to happen at 1 p.m eastern all virtual all online event and there's lots of thoughts about what's going to come and so consider this your event preview for the spring-loaded event, I've heard some people talk about spring-loaded sounds like they're going to release a ton of stuff, like there's all this stuff loaded in the can. I don't know if we're going to see a ton, but from what it looks like, the iPad Pro is the most quote-unquote certain. Lots of sources saying this is the iPad Pro launch. Some do think like that design looks like the Apple Pencil design, like if your Apple Pencil is drawing or something. So it really looks like the iPad Pro is going to be coming. Possible new iPad mini, although that's not as sure. Air tags, which I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on that with the whole Chipolo and press release last week talking about third-party trackers, integration with Find My. And then kind of open after that. You know, we've had leaks of AirPods. The supposed iMac refresh should be coming soon. We know that a lot of Apple Silicon Mac should be coming this year if Apple sticks to that two-year cycle. Also possible Apple TV, which I would love, but not for sure. But it really looks like iPad Pros, maybe Mini, and Air tags. And after that, I don't think we're going to see a ton of other things. Maybe one more as a third product launch. But I don't know. Neil, what do you think? What do you think we're going to see at this event? I think I'm going to be on my deathbed waiting for AirTags to release at this point. The way that these things look. (laughs) They've apparently been like done sitting in like the Indiana Jones warehouse somewhere for God knows how long. And it's like, what happened here? I don't This is the weirdest product launch that that has ever happened where like they've been pictured and rendered and apparently they've been manufactured and I don't know if it was a software issue that was holding it up or what and then now the competitors get to announce their stuff first that 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 can be integrated with Find My and and now we're finally going to get AirTags. We'll see. I mean, every event it feels like well they have to announce AirTags now and they don't. So I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to prick that we'll get AirTags this time just because you know, once bitten twice shy. It's obvious that we're going to get a new iPad here. The expectation is that we're going to get at least a 12.9 inch iPad Pro with a mini LED display. Whether or not the 11 inch model gets the same mini LED display, uh, TBD, I'm not as hopeful for an iPad mini. I know that some people are hoping for colorful iMac Pros and stuff, but to William's point earlier about 
stacking the events and all that, I think that this kind of clears the deck for WWDC to be a Mac-focused event. Mm. So I suspect if, if they've got AirPods to release, which the hardware leaks seem to suggest, uh, we'll get those. Uh, new Apple Pencil, new iPad Pro, maybe an iPad Mini, maybe not. Maybe that's more for the fall. AirPods, it's just going to be a, you know a kind of a catch-all thing, and then that way they can clear the decks for June for WWDC where we'll see new Macs. William, what do you think? Apple Car? <laughs> I think it's going to be all about my Mac Mini. That's what I want to hear oh. about. Well, <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a live stream from inside your office. There you go. You see? Um, I, I don't always going to be less than we ever expect and ever hope for. So it's going to be just iPads, I think. But I would like to point out that April the 20th, 2021, marks, get this, 41.37% of the way through Apple's quoted two-year transition to Apple Silicon. Interesting. 302 days since uh, Tim Cook announced it. And so far, they've only announced three Macs. I was trying to work out, uh, now the iMac Pro is gone. There's only the Mac Pro, the iMac left, isn't there? What What am I missing? The, the higher-end MacBook Pros, the supposed 14-inch oh, yes. redesign, and the 16-inch, I don't know if it's redesigned or not, but the 16-inch needs Apple Silicon as well. Yeah. So mainly looking at those lines, the redesigned 14-inch, 16-inch, iMac and Mac Pro. Now, with all those Macs still to come, I could very well see no Macs being announced this Tuesday. And like Neil was saying, saving the Macs for Dub Dub, that'd be the big hardware announcement. And if you clear the deck, get the iPads out, AirTags, AirPods, maybe Apple TV. I could also see Apple TV at Dub Dub if they have some kind of tvOS big update there. But you know, unsure. What I'm curious is, Neil, you said an updated pencil, and I've heard this a couple places. And there's the rumor that could Apple redesign the smart keyboard already and the Apple Pencil? Now, the, I use it all the time. I use the Apple Pencil to edit these podcasts. I use the Magic Keyboard a lot. And so I'll be going all in. I'm going to get whatever it is. And I think the 12.9 inch is what I'm going to be going for, especially with that mini LED technology supposedly coming to that one. But what do you guys think a new Apple Pencil and or smart keyboard would bring? You know, there were some rumors about uh, maybe interacting with, with objects in the real world. You know, you could tap it on a color and it would then translate to, you know, it would scan it somehow and then translate it to what you're doing on your iPad. That all seems very unlikely and it also seems like stuff you could just use the camera for. Um, there was also talk of maybe augmented reality drawing in 3D with the pencil and it would pick up with it. That doesn't make much sense to me either. I'm not actually sure what you would do uh, uh, to update the pencil, but there are leaks that, that came out today showing a, a new pencil. So it seems like there's one on the way. I, I just, I'm not sure what you would do to improve it at this point. Maybe you guys who, who use it more than I would know. I, I have one and I'm very happy with it, but I don't know what else I would, I would need it to do. It's, it's one of those few Apple products where I don't think of much else to improve on it. I use it. It works great, just as expected. Back when the pencil first came out, people were like, why can't I flip it around and use the back end as an eraser? So I could see you know, some kind of like dual-sided sense Apple pencil where you can flip it around to erase. That's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. The second gen Apple pencil that we have now, it does have the tap feature where depending on what app supports it, you can tap the pencil and either change functionality or change the, your tool. And so that was a cool addition to the new one, plus the wireless charging and the one flat edge, which please keep at least one edge flat so this thing doesn't roll off a table. You know, they brought some cool features to this one, so totally open for it for sure. And then the Magic Keyboard, with that kind of form factor and size, 
you don't get a lot of real estate, maybe a slightly larger trackpad on the 12.9 inch, that would be a little easier to facilitate. But I can see some changes there. William, do you see any differences or hopes for the pencil slash magic keyboard? When I was at school, I had this great pen that you could push a button and it would be red or blue or black. It would uh, <laughs> have different nibs doing it. Oh, we could have yeah. one of those. I remember seeing paints that weren't that far away from it, actually, different coloured ends coming out that they were controlling the app you were writing in as well. But it all seems not exactly um, necessary kind of changes. Uh, I, I don't use the pencil, but when I have, I think it's good as it is. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not looking for an Apple Silicon pencil. That's not really on my <laughs> wish list. Yeah, no. If they update that that three hundred fifty dollar keyboard a year after it came out, I will come here on the podcast and complain loudly about that because that would be <laughs> that would be really insane if they that thing is. I love it. It's overpriced. If, if they made a new one a year after releasing that, that would be crazy. Yeah, and think what I was thinking of a backlight adjustment key. That would be nice. You have to dive into the settings, yeah. You got to dive into the settings and also other keyboards like from Bridge and Logitech. You have the function room where you have screen brightness, keyboard brightness, maybe even do not disturb and play pause buttons. Those function keys I would love to see brought to the iPad because, I mean, the number keys, fine, but I feel like function keys I would use more often. But I am totally agree with you. I do not want to spend an additional $400 on a new smart keyboard and an iPad. So I get it. No, no way. But but that does tap into what I wrote a few weeks ago and, and we talked about here on the podcast as well. What would make an iPad more pro? Well, this is one area where the shortcuts app should allow for custom system-wide keyboard shortcuts. So right. they don't need to issue a keyboard update to allow you to adjust brightness because you can add your own keyboard shortcut to do so for a pro user. Like that's kind of a no-brainer. That's the sort of thing that they should they should allow us to do. And they continue to expand Siri shortcuts with literally every iOS update, uh, including the one that's coming out next, uh, 14.5. I saw that it allows you to add the ability to do uh, uh, screenshots, for example, uh, in the latest one. I don't know what you would need to create yes. a shortcut for a screenshot for, but um, you know the fact that they're still adding to it gives me hope that maybe we'll get some more robust shortcuts features for pro users for stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. This episode is brought to you by Upstart. We're so glad to have them as a new sponsor because Upstart can help you pay off your debt faster. When it comes to paying off debt, it can feel like an uphill battle. Maybe it's high interest rates and minimum monthly payments, and it just feels like an endless cycle of debt. Well, Upstart can help you get ahead and get a jump on paying off that debt faster. Upstart allows you to get a personal loan all online that allows you to pay off your debt faster with a fixed monthly payment. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or maybe funding a personal expense, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer you smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive those funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. It's a super easy process at upstart.com slash Apple Insider. You can check what your rate will be with just a five-minute online quiz, and it won't affect your credit score to find out. So learn how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Apple Insider. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Apple Insider. And don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. 
Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash Apple Insider to learn more. Our thanks to Upstart for sponsoring this episode. One other thing, this again may or may not come as the AirPods, but if you look at the leak image, I'll put it in the chapter art right now and you can see the article on Apple Insider. I'll put that link in show notes. But these AirPods 3, we've had leaked images before. They resemble AirPods Pro type shape. Those tips are not on the AirPods 3 and presumably won't have some of the features like spatial audio that the AirPods Pro have. And I'm curious your guys' thoughts. I have regular AirPods and AirPods Pro. And like I've said before on the podcast, the AirPods Pro, the tips they come with don't stay in my ear consistently. And so I went with third-party, those, oh, comply, C-O-M-P-L-Y. And they're like the expandable earplug type material. I use those with the AirPods Pro, but when I do just want to throw in AirPods, maybe around the house, I don't care about noise canceling in that area or regard, then I still use my regular AirPods too. And so I'm interested in a new version of the AirPods without silicone tips. But what do you guys think? How do you guys use your AirPods? Do you use the tips or would you jump on these AirPods 3? I think I've bought every model of AirPod and AirPods Pro so far, <laughs> but I'm, well, not the Max. I'm more tempted by the Max than I am by a revision to these lovely AirPod Pro, AirPods Pro. Uh, it's like surgeon's general, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, That's exactly yeah. right. Attorney's general too. But then, you know, you know what Apple's like. They'll bring it out and it'll be so convincing. It'll make these seem rubbish. Yeah. I'm going to say it now. No more AirPods Pro for me for at least a month. How's that? <laughs> okay. All right. Neil, what about you? So it's funny, you know, I, I love the first AirPods when they came out and, and like William, I got every model that came out thereafter for the wireless charging and all that. And then I got the AirPods Pro and I, and I love them in every way, but this was a few years ago when they first came out back when I could, you know, go into an office and live a normal life and do that. And I'm sitting in a conference room in a meeting and I, and just with one AirPod Pro in an ear and it just fell out of my ear, wasn't doing anything, yeah. wasn't walking, wasn't hustling, <laughs> exactly. it just rolled on out of my ear. And I was like shocked almost. It was like, wait a minute what just happened and so i've had it happen a few times where the tip you know it doesn't fit for whatever reason in the airpods pro airpod i guess singular pro falls out of my ear <laughs> my guess is this this is it's coming out at the airpod 3 or whatever yeah. is probably going to lack noise canceling because that seems to be the distinguishing right. feature of the pro so wireless charging redesign shorter tip or stems on it so that it doesn't look as obnoxious but um i would like to see some colors that would be nice mm. but I, i'll probably stick with my airpods pro just despite the fact that they they tend to roll out of my ear. <laughs> it is weird because like you could do the fit test with the AirPods Pro in the settings. And they could say, yep, those are the right tips. They have a great seal. And I go grocery shopping and that's when I really want to use the noise canceling. I mean, those things just fall out. I don't know why, but just so easily. So It's really bizarre because they don't feel like they, they don't fit well. And then all of a sudden it's just like randomly falls out of your ear. Exactly. And I've had headphones in the past that use that same kind of material for just noise isolating, not noise canceling. And they've always worked well. They've always stayed in my ear. But something about the shape, I don't know if it's like that oblong circle kind of thing. Just in my ear, I just don't, I don't do it. Maybe I'm not doing it right. I don't know if you've ever seen the people who like wear AirPods upside down and <laughs> no one, for no explicable reason, but I don't know. Maybe that's the life hack. Maybe you got to wear them upside down. This is why I use my Powerbeats Pro when I exercise, because I have no faith right. in the AirPods Pro to stay in my head when I'm running around if it couldn't even stay in my head when I was sitting at a, at a conference table. 
Yeah. Well, listeners, that event is happening Tuesday, April 20th. 420, Mac OS Weed. 420, it's coming out. They they, they teased it. Craig Federighi teased it a few years ago. Mac OS Weed, this is the time to do it. Forget WWDC. Let's unveil it now. He literally did. Craig Federighi, when they were talking about the crack marketing team, joked about Mac OS Weed. Do you think there will be a weed joke at this event? Siri, turn off my smoke detector. (laughs) Uh, William, do you think? I've got to tell you. This whole 420 thing or whatever, it, it doesn't travel very well. Every time it comes, I have to look at what are you all going on about? And they, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's not very well known here. So you guys do day, month, year anyway, right? You, the way you do dates? Yeah, it would, it would have to be 24 right. for you. Well, that's where we've been going wrong. This is what I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it, which is the right way, William? Is it a day, month, year or month, day, year? Day, month, year. Yeah, it's like in mm-hmm. increasing mm-hmm. order of time. Yeah, isn't it? It's the day interval, the month interval, the year interval. So you guys actually see it in the in the notes that we share. But whenever I do a date, I actually do year, month, day because whenever I order files by name on whatever device I'm using, mm. it's the only way where you can have like the exact order. Right. And you have to do the month with the zero. You know, if you have o four, o three. So I do year, month, day. I just I don't ascribe to either method. Okay. But anyway, four twenty. That's the Apple event, 1 p.m. Eastern. It'll be streaming on Apple's website, and we'll be doing a recap episode. If you tune in, I try to get it out as quick as possible. It's kind of like a personal goal of mine. I try to get that recap episode out within an hour after the event ends. If you'd like to hear everything that was announced in an abbreviated format, look for that special podcast episode coming out Tuesday afternoon as well. All right, well, there's a bunch of iPhone rumors. Ming-Chi Kuo had a couple drops again, talking about future iPhones in 2022 and 2023. Some of the features that he thinks will be coming are an under-display Face ID system, which we've heard about that in under-display Touch ID systems as well. He's saying it could debut in the iPhone for 2023. So we're talking two years away. We would have two models and then this one. And also, it might have a 48-megapixel sensor, which would be a huge upgrade from what it is now. I think the iPhone is still at 12 megapixels, even for the wide angle. So that would be combining several lenses and all that to get a a large megapixel image. So there's that. And then also a new leaker, 91 Mobiles, is saying that the iPhone this year could come out with a slightly smaller notch, smaller in width, not height, and that the iPhone overall will have the same design, but slightly thicker, which I think post Johnny Ive, everything's just getting thicker. (laughs) <laughs> MacBooks, iPhones, but I'm for it. Hey, more battery life. It's okay. It's a pandemic. We're all getting thicker. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well played. But as far as the under display face ID, I mean, I feel like that's obviously the future that we have to be going to. We're not going to go back to touch ID. As far as a biometric authentication face ID, I'm sure will be the, the long-term solution. So going under the screen seems reasonable. Do we think it can happen, quote unquote, that quickly? You know, two years from this fall, we see a totally notchless iPhone. I guarantee if we do there are going to be people uh, complaining about the loss of the beloved notch that made their phone so distinctive <laughs> everything else that gets cancelled gets that I'm sure so you were saying I know you're joking about that but, but I've actually heard some tech people talking about how the notch is what sets the iPhone apart visually like when you look at the device icons or compared to other like Android devices and I I think listen when Apple can get rid of the notch technically I find no reason that they would ever keep it for some kind of distinguishing factor like the notch is gone there's no there's no reason to keep the notch no good riddance to the notch when it's gone it probably won't be gone in two years I think Ming-Chi Kuo is is the most reliable guy when it comes to these kind of leaks but when he predicts stuff years 
years out, it's never, you know, even Apple doesn't know at this point what they're going to be doing for sure in two, three years, because there's too many, there's too many variables, you know, in terms of manufacturing. I mean, who could have predicted two years ago that we would have a chip shortage this year? Right. Um, you know, th- there's all kinds of issues that, that are going to come into play. So, you know, Apple may currently be on target to, to make something like that in a couple of years, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Well, we'll put links in show notes to all those leaks. You can read what Ming-Chi Kuo is saying and 91 Mobiles. There's an image of that kind of mock-up with the smaller notch, thicker iPhone, and that'll be the chapter art if you want to see that now in your podcast player. And now Mark Gurman released some more rumors and quote-unquote leaks talking about Apple is working on this HomePod-type device, maybe with a screen, maybe with a camera. We actually talked about this a couple weeks ago and on HomeKit Insider as well, but basically that Apple is researching an Amazon Echo Show-type device, something that would have a screen and be a speaker, possibly a camera. And there was this allusion to maybe a robotic arm <laughs> that could or could not follow you around with a camera. And, you know, you had a hilarious piece talking about that specifically. So, I don't know. What do you think about this, Neil? Uh, it's just like, really, the, the company that has an aversion to moving parts and buttons that made it so that the trackpad on your Mac doesn't physically move, it sends you a vibration to simulate it. <laughs> they got rid of a home button because, you know, it, the home button could break. And, and also, they found a better way to do it. You know, like, you, you think about all this stuff, and it's like, and this is the same company that's going to create an articulating arm that is <laughs> has like eight points where it could break at and also is creepy because it follows you around the room. Like, think about this, people. Like, there is no way that they're going to ship a product like that. It's absolutely ins- insane. <laughs> what, what they would do if they would do anything like this, and I think that there is a good chance that they could make some sort of a, you know, FaceTime for the home device. It does make right. sense, integrate it with something. I mean, you think about it very simply. You could have a wide angle camera that could use AI to track your face, which you're phone already does and it would zoom in on the appropriate area without having an an articulated arm to follow you around like your iphone already has you know a a wide angle lens that it can use to to get the whole room in front of it essentially and that would be a very easy way to do it without having any moving parts liable to break and without having a creepy you know arm that that turns and fall like who's walking around and pacing while taking facetime calls i just like (laughs) i don't know that there's a big market for this kind of stuff so i just don't see that happening when facebook made what is it the facebook port which you could actually move around and be like oh yeah great idea yeah let, let's have facebook <laughs> yeah I'm, i already feel uncomfortable enough about about having uh, a, an oculus quest and letting facebook scan the inside of my home for sure like you know no this is just a, it's a security nightmare it's a privacy nightmare it, it's creepy yeah. it's not the kind of thing that apple would do i think that if they were going to do it they would be a, mo- a lot more tasteful about it yeah and i also think Having something connected to your TV that has a camera and or screen, I think is unlikely. You know, I think when we get a new Apple TV, it's going to be a box that maybe does more with games and stuff like that. But to have a camera and or screen attached to it, even if it's like a speaker style thing, I imagine a lot of people have their Apple TV either just behind their TV, you know, either in a commercial setting or some kind of office setting, you mount the Apple TV behind the TV, or it's in a cabinet, entertainment center, not in a place that the camera would easily see you. So I feel like the Apple TV by itself is just going to be a box. But as far as the Echo Show type device, I could see something with a screen and a speaker, maybe also a camera for a FaceTime. The kitchen would be kind of the perfect place for this. You know, the Nest hubs, the Google hubs from the past have really been key to stuff like that. It could be a smart home control, recipe screen, and you could play some music from it. I think if they do that, Apple really has to figure out the multi-user aspect when it comes to an iPad or screen type device because we still don't have that. 
You can't do multiple users on an iPad. And the HomePod multiple user thing, it's okay sometimes, but not great. So this kind of device would really have to integrate that well. William, would you be interested in a device like that? Uh, I want two of them. Two? Two, of course. <laughs> I get my best side at all times. Now, when Amazon came out with things with cameras on and you were supposed to put them in your bedroom and it was like, yeah, no, or Google, whichever one it was. No, I think I trust Apple more with a camera, but not that much. Uh, so, <laughs> no. no. So you don't, you don't want it? I do not, no. Oh, okay. No. Even in the kitchen, I mean, do you ever use your iPad or something like that for recipes or something in the screen in the kitchen? Good point. Yes, actually, sometimes uh, I do. Yeah. Okay. But I'm happy with it the way it is right now. <laughs> I mean, the biggest recipe I follow is uh, Pierce the film in several places. So I don't need a lot mm. of instruction for these things. Maybe, okay. maybe they'll sell a device like that with a camera, but also an air tag that you can put on top of the camera that covers it. You know, like one of those weird... Uh, <laughs> Webcam covers? No, just kidding. <laughs> I think I think you're right though. Like in terms of you know having the box stowed away and all that, it might make sense to do a modular system with the Apple TV where you could connect a camera and then snake it you know behind your entertainment center and put it somewhere where you could use it. But even that seems kind of clunky for Apple. They would prefer an all-in-one device. So I don't know how they address this problem. It's it's very unique. You know, integrating it into a soundbar is another potential option, like you said. But I, I just don't know how they would do this. But a robotic arm is not it. <laughs> no, it is not it. And, you know, they used to have a standalone camera. If listeners remember the eyesight, oh, yes. you could buy it with the old Apple display. Yep. And it was a standalone cylindrical style device. I think there's a picture of Steve Jobs with an eyesight on his monitor back in the day. I'll try to find that. But yeah, they used to make a standalone camera. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy. Listen, we get everything from Amazon. I've been a longtime Amazon Prime subscriber, and I buy everything from toilet paper, paper towels, to supplements pretty much everything on Amazon. Well, now you can use Amazon Pharmacy to get your prescriptions sent directly from your doctor to Amazon and get them delivered with that free two-day shipping with Amazon Prime like you do all those other Amazon Prime products. If you love the convenience of using Amazon for all those other things, Amazon Prime makes it so convenient to get everything else delivered to your door, and now you can get your medications directly to your door as well. It saves you time. You don't have to go to the pharmacy, wait in line, either in the drive-thru or inside. You get it delivered directly to your door, and no more waiting in line. You can have your doctor's office send the prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy so you know it's going there directly. And you can use your insurance. Amazon Pharmacy works with most insurance plans nationwide here in the U.S. And Amazon Prime members, you get that same free two-day delivery that you love on all those other products. Plus, you can save on prescription medication if you're paying without insurance. So Amazon Prime members, this is a huge benefit. There's also a video on their website explaining the whole process. So have Amazon Pharmacy coordinate with your doctor to receive your prescriptions, get that medication delivered right to your door, and you don't need to stop by any more pharmacies anymore or wait in line, cross that errand off your list, and get it delivered directly to your home. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash AppleInsiderRx. That's Amazon.com slash AppleInsiderRx. Amazon.com slash AppleInsiderRx. Our thanks to Amazon Pharmacy for sponsoring this episode. All right. Well, we talk about this at length on HomeKit Insider. You should check out the episode coming out on Monday. But want to mention it here as well. Logitech, the company that makes some of the best universal remotes, some would say only un 
competed universal remotes because honestly, after looking after this announcement, there's not a lot of options out there. But the Harmony line from Logitech, those universal remotes, they are discontinuing manufacturing any of that stuff. They've said they're going to continue supporting the Harmony database, the software-wise, adding devices into the future. But again, you know, what company is going to support something that is a non-moneymaker long-term. But if you're looking for a universal remote, your choices have now diminished significantly and the Logitech Harmony line is is dead. This makes me uh, very sad. Steven, I'm, ba- I'm, ba- I'm about to hit the streets. I'm, I'm getting really <laughs> upset about this one. Somebody better bake a change.org petition or something because this cannot happen. This cannot stand. We need Logitech to please, please keep making these remotes because... Oh my goodness! There, like, there are no other options out there. I've been using Harmony remotes for, I guess, fifteen years now, or whatever. Please don't. Please, if if my remote dies, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna die with it because I I need my Logitech Harmony remote to control my devices. I have it integrated with uh, If This Then That and Siri right. uh, shortcuts and all that. It control everything is controlled uh, in my entertainment center through my Harmony remote. If I don't have it, I will I will I will turn to dust. I'm I'm very very <laughs> upset about this. So please Logitech, please reconsider. Or somebody else step up because we have no other options. This is it. Like, I'm begging you. I would love for them to reconsider. Maybe this alone, this podcast and HomeKit Insider, maybe they will reconsider the entire giant company of Logitech. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. And and I've been a happy user for a long time. I've always recommended these for people. And I have the Harmony Hub, which you can integrate with a third-party app. We've talked about on HomeKit Insider, but I have it integrated with HomeKit. So I can yell a Siri shortcut command to my HomePod, and it controls my home theater receiver, my TV, all of my stuff there. And that's a unique thing to the Harmony ecosystem. And when you do look at other options, first of all, I went to the Wirecutter article and their top three choices are Logitech Harmony remotes. So that should tell you something. And if you go down to the competition section, the only remote that I could find that I would remotely want is something called Seven Hugs, all one word, but this has no physical buttons. It's basically just a big screen on a remote. Think of the Siri remote, but if it was all touchscreen, it is $400, which again, you can get Harmony remotes for like 50 bucks. This is $400 and it also seems to be sold out and you can't really get it. This doesn't sound like a real product. This sounds like a scam. This sounds like <laughs> you, you send your money to China and you get like a brick in the mail or something. It is, I just put the link in the uh, shared note if you could see this, but it is it is the Seven Hugs Smart Remote X. The website looks pretty legitimate. but Seven Hugs. Seven Hugs, all one word. But this is the competition. Eight, eight, eight was too many. Seven is just Apparently. right. Apparently. And this is not something I want. You know, I still want physical buttons. Even for all the smart home control, there is a time when I just want to raise the volume feel for the button and not have to like yell a command to my HomePod just to raise the volume. And there are more HomeKit things like TVs and receivers coming out. But man, I I still want a physical remote. I don't know. William, are, are you bereaved like we are? Uh, actually, no. Never used a Harmony remote. <laughs> I like walking over the TV set, pressing the button. Sacrilege. Walk, no. <laughs> you turn in the dial on the TV? <laughs> Does your TV still have one of those dials where you click the channels? Is that what you're saying? You got rabbit ears over there? <clears throat> no. Uh, okay. I, I like the Siri remote almost completely, and that's all I ever use in my living room. So mm. I ask my HomePod to play music, so... I like this whole thing of pushing one and loads of things happening, but yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'd use it for. Logitech, don't listen to William. Yeah. We need the Logitech Harmony <laughs> line to continue long into the future. Seven Hugs is not going to cut it. It has literally caused marital strife over here. We, we couldn't find the remote the other day, and I turned to my wife and I said, 
this is it if we can't find the remote that like they're not making them anymore this is we're in trouble yeah and uh how did you respond to that <laughs> did it go the way you hoped <laughs> no she's she, she she's upset about it too no we're we're very okay. we, we, we we need our harmony remote if we don't have it it's uh it's gonna be a problem yeah it's very sad i'll tell you here in the uk harmony is the name of a hairspray that's really well known so i get quite a different image uh from these discussions but yeah thank well, you, you, you sound like a good candidate for seven hugs. Though. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> seven hugs. Ah, oh, miserable. Anyway, Logitech. Just make, make sure you're vaccinated first, then go get your seven hugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Logitech, if you're listening, bring it back. It's, Please. Too, it's too soon. Too soon. It's too soon. All right, I want to mention this thing that came up with Discord. Discord, if you don't know about it, you know, it's kind of this online, I don't know, chat rooms, servers, message boards, all this kind of stuff. You, you know, way to communicate. You can have private rooms, public, all that kind of stuff. But because they have some NSFW content, not safe for work uh, is the acronym, basically inappropriate quote unquote content that Apple considers it anyway. And so Discord actually had to remove some of their NSFW servers from their iOS app so they could continue to have the app in the app store. And again, this all this kind of goes to the question of Apple's control of the app store, its policies, privacy, security, and what they allow and don't allow and the stipulations. And uh, Matthew Bischoff actually commented that he was had this similar problem at Tumblr whenever there were blogs that started going into the category of NSFW that they would have to make a change to what appeared in the iOS app. But Apple, you know, Apple has been pretty outspoken over the years about that kind of content. They're against pornographic type apps and content directly from their services. So I guess I kind of get it, but it's not helping Apple's case, as we, especially as we head into like this epic versus Apple trial and all that. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I, I think it's been horribly misreported uh, the way that it's been covered. You know, Discord wants to have their app listed in the app store as ages 12 and up. This is not an app for people who are 12 years old. So, right. you know, their choice is either listed as an 18 and up app or go in and censor not safe for work channels. And the reason that Apple is cracking down now is because after Facebook and Twitter went and got the Proud Boys and a bunch of other white supremacists and stuff like that after the siege on the Capitol on January 6th, they were called into Congress and Congress has been asking these companies, what are you doing? And so they have to respond. And so I think Apple is well within their right here to say your app has been, you know, a lot of the Proud Boys and other white supremacists came over to your app after they were banned from Twitter and Facebook and they're forming communities on there Mm -hmm. and children can access this material is dangerous so you need to list your app as 18 and up and discord doesn't want to do it because you know for whatever reason they, they want to target that demographic so i think that this has been horribly misreported i've seen some major publications that that were putting this on apple and i, I think apple's in the right here and i think that uh discord should appropriately list their app in the app store and i think that would solve this problem but they don't want to so they're they're now choosing to go through and censor these these you know un- inappropriate channels from the ios app and, and and that's their decision, and I think that, that, that yeah. that's on them. And to be clear, William, I want to get your thoughts in a second. Mm. And so to be clear, the, the age demographics, it's 12 plus and 17 plus. Those are the ratings your app can have. So Apple changed the age rating to 17 plus, meaning if your Apple ID birthday means you're younger than 17, you cannot download this app. And someone like my kids, if they try to request it, like they won't be even be able to request to download it. And so they said, if you want the 12 plus rating, which would open up, I guess, some of the 
population to that, some of the younger teens, then you have to censor some of this content coming into the iOS app. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't use Discord a lot, but I think there's a lot of like video game community type stuff, right? which I could see why you would want the young teenage demographic being able to use it on their iOS devices, especially with video game stuff. But also totally get if you have a 12-year-old downloading this app and there are NSFW servers on there, you know, whatever your preference is as a parent, that would be dangerous, especially if you as a parent don't know that stuff is in there. And I don't think a lot of parents are like super up on Discord, to be honest. So I'd actually forgotten until you said that uh, birthdays and Apple IDs are tied together. I just figured they could say what they like and kids who want it will download it anyway. If your children asked you very, very nicely and you downloaded it, would they be able to use it through family share? Are there ways around this? If they have a child account, then no. So they right. have to be listed as a parent or guardian. Right. If they have a child account, then it would be age-restricted. So again, this is Discord's decision. Yeah. They have a big gaming community on there. They want to have children have access to it. And But you can't, you can't play it both ways. You can't say... We want to have you know a, a, this listed as twelve and up, but then say Apple's the bad guy when you're the one making that decision. No, I agree with that completely. Yeah, your choice, do it or don't. But and I, I guess the other side of the argument is, what other platforms would you consider NSFW stuff, and what age are you going to make those apps put? I think of things like TikTok or other social media platforms where you can go to pretty dark corners of those apps and find close to, I'm not exactly sure the kind of content that Discord was having in these servers or forums or whatever, but you kind of have to then make that case for these other platforms and apps. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at, you know, other large platforms like TikTok or, or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they censor pornography, they age gate material, they 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 go after, you know, people who are sharing, you know, conspiracy theories, white supremacist stuff, all that. Discord allows you to set up your own community and basically do whatever you want. Right. So that's where the line is drawn. And I, I think it's pretty clear. I, I think, you know, if you want to have this kind of content, then you're going to be a 17 and up app. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This episode is brought to you by the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower. You've heard me talk about Nebbia before, and let me tell you, I'm still using their Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower and still enjoying it every day. My whole family loves it. It's a great way to know you're saving water, but also have a superior shower experience. Nebbia started in Mexico City where water shortages were a big problem. Came to Silicon Valley to raise money. None other than Tim Cook, Apple CEO, was Nebbia's first investor. And then it was developed by former Tesla, Apple, and NASA engineers to create a superior shower experience while saving water. Those are some smart guys from Tesla, Apple, and NASA. I'm just saying. And water saving is the mission of the Nebbia company. And currently they've saved over 175 million gallons of water. Now, it might be a little intimidating to think about changing out your shower head, but let me tell you, I'm not a super do-it-yourself guy, but Nebbia gives you all the tools you need and details instructions to remove your old shower head and install the beautiful Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower. I did it in less than 15 minutes. And once you get it installed, you're going to love every moment you spend in the shower. First of all, it's height adjustable, and I love that because my kids and me and my wife, we can all adjust the height of that shower, no problem. And it atomizes the water, that's the fancy word for it, to create a spa-like experience in the shower. It literally envelops you with water, and it has excellent rinseability. Yes, I said rinseability, and thermal comfort means it gets super hot, all while giving you a great shower experience. And you can also use it with their wand attachment, and I highly recommend you do attaches to a little magnetic dome in the shower, and using the wand plus the shower head just feels incredible. 
and you're knowing you're saving 45% of water compared to a standard shower head, and this is Nebbia's most affordable shower yet, starting at just $199. It's available in four finishes. I got the brushed nickel finish, so it's fingerprint resistant, and it looks great against my tile in my bathroom. And there's lots of accessories you can get, like the shower shelf, where you can put your shampoos and soaps and hang loofahs from it, and these towel hooks, which I got, you can use adhesive to attach it or screw it into the wall. And all of it looks great together in that brushed nickel finish or one of their other three finishes that you can get. Right now, you can get 15% off select Nebbia products at nebbia.com slash Apple Insider. Nebbia normally doesn't do sales, but they've worked with us for such a long time and you guys really have responded. So go to nebbia.com slash Apple Insider, take a look at everything, and then use the coupon code Apple Insider, all one word, when checking out. That's nebbia.com slash Apple Insider and use the promo code Apple Insider at checkout. Our thanks to Nebbia for sponsoring this episode. So I thought this was interesting. If you had not heard of this service, it's RCS, which is a text messaging protocol. It's Rich Communication Services. It stands for RCS. This was the protocol that Android devices and Google were really trying to champion to bring an iMessage-like service to Android phones. You know, Google has had many opportunities to try this over the years with Allo and different things like Gchat or Google Chat. To no avail, all those services have since been dead. So RCS was kind of the the hope, the light in the at the end of the tunnel for Android users to have an iMessage type service. And so the carriers here in the US, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, a couple of years ago, they said, okay, we're going to get behind this. Well, we're calling ourselves the cross-carrier messaging initiative, and we're going to work to get RCS on all the platforms. But recently, Verizon has said that the initiative has ended, the joint effort is over, and they're really not putting much effort into bringing RCS to Android phones or the iPhone. And so the question becomes back to iMessage. You know, there's been comments about iMessage being a lock-in service. And one of the things coming up in the Epic versus Apple case is iMessage specifically. And there were actually some emails that are brought forth in the evidence with Craig Federighi and comments from Eddie Q. And one of the quotes, this is from Federighi specifically, he says in an email, quote, iMessage on Android would simply serve to remove an obstacle to iPhone families giving their kids Android phones. And that was Federighi concern. So end quote. And so this is idea that Apple knows it would be easier for people to switch back and forth if iMessage was cross-platform. And so Apple is using it to lock people into the iPhone. And there's many arguments on all sides of this, but I'm curious your guys' thoughts. You know, Apple thought FaceTime was going to be an open standard. That never happened. Steve Jobs announced that back with the iPhone 4. FaceTime's going to be available everywhere, It's and it's not. Apple never said that about iMessage, but it is definitely a lock-in to the ecosystem. You can't get iMessage anywhere. It's increasingly looking like it's never going to be on Android as some app or service. So what do you guys think about this? Is this actually a openness and privacy slash security concern? Or is this just kind of people making a big deal out of nothing? I, for one, am shocked that uh, Verizon and uh, T-Mobile and AT&T uh, couldn't successfully launch a product together. That That is very <laughs> shocking to me. These companies who know how to do nothing other than charge you more money. That's the only thing they know how to do is to look at the bottom line and figure out more ways to milk money out of their customers. The fact that they could not successfully launch a product, very shocking to me. Now, that, that was dead in the water from the beginning. And I think Sprint was the main one behind it. And Sprint doesn't even exist anymore. So good luck right. with that. But yeah, I mean, of course iMessage is a lock-in. And, you know, we, we've talked about here on the podcast before 
before the the bright green color that is chosen obnoxiously <laughs> just to annoy people that are messaging with people that are not on an iPhone. Like, yeah, it, th- this is obvious. And it's like, who cares? Like, this is not so I saw a tweet that went out a few weeks ago saying that iMessage is a human right is what somebody said. Oh, really? Well. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so to give context on that, I, I put the link to this tweet in show notes. So DHH on Twitter, he was commenting on iMessage saying Eddie Q's comments show, you know, Apple Apple was capable of developing an Android version of iMessage as early as 2013, but chose not to. And again, to the quote of Craig Federighi. So he's kind of tweeting it saying Apple is being anti-competitive and they should have opened up. And then Zach Cantor on Twitter, pretty sure this is sarcastic. Like this is farcical, but he was trying to call DHH out because he quote tweeted him saying, yeah, iMessage is a basic human right. iMessage is infrastructure. (laughs) So I think he is being facetious in this tweet, trying to call out DHH for saying it's being anti-competitive. But some people did think he was, he was serious, which. That's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, shelter, (laughs) iMessage. That's what it is. (laughs) That's exactly right. And I mean, of all the things that, I don't know, one could argue that Apple needs to open up. I feel like iMessage is not one. You know, if you want to make arguments about the App Store, sideloading, comparing it to macOS, iMessage, I don't know. I don't see it as a, as a good argument, although Epic is going to use it in their case. Just wonder if Americans use iMessage more than the rest of us. Because, yeah, there. I mean, I just, I do not see it as a lock-in uh, for it. I get texts from people who are and aren't on iPhone, and I don't think about it. I notice the colors, but I don't really register them. I don't care. And I I have a lot of people who I have enough people who use WhatsApp instead that I have to use WhatsApp for certain people. I loathe WhatsApp. I think it's really ugly and horrible, but <laughs> that's where a lot of discussions happen. I'm, I'm shocked. Am I understanding this correctly that there isn't an equivalent to iMessage on Android? I just assumed they had their own. Oh, Android's rubbish, isn't it? I think there's like six six attempts by Google at, at creating an iMessage competitor that have all failed. They just can't get it. There was uh, Hangouts, uh, Google Meet, Hello. Uh, and then yeah. what was it? Duo or something at one or something like that. Duo is their video chat uh, app, but Google Allo was specifically for messaging in the web and across platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean the true cross-platform messaging app is WhatsApp. You know, everybody I know, yeah. and William, to your point, everybody I know internationally, even, even from Canada, uh, they all use WhatsApp. So I think that's your answer. And, and you know, the fact that Verizon was going to come in and save the day. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. And international, yes, WhatsApp is the deal. The fact that Facebook owns it is unfortunate, to be honest. You know, I was a little more open to using it without it. But like you were saying, William, it's not like you can't text non-iPhone people from an iPhone. And it's not like you can't text iPhone users from an Android phone. It's just an SMS. I mean, that's plenty usable. Yeah, so... My, right, my rights are being violated because I can't get iMessage <laughs> on Android. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll come out more again in the uh, Epic vs. Apple trial, but I just I thought that was interesting. I'll put the link to uh, Zach Cantor's basic human right tweet in show notes. Uh, but real quick, you know, William, you have an M1 Mac Mini sitting on your desk. You've been using it for a couple weeks now. Why don't you give us your, uh, your quick high-level impressions of it? I didn't want to buy it, actually. Uh, I was kind of forced because my Mac Mini was just under strain too much. I was trying to save up and wait for the, if it comes, the 14-inch MacBook Pro. That's that's my ideal machine. But things were just going horribly wrong. I needed a lot of work on, bought a Mac Mini, and now wish I'd bought it on launch day because it's so good. Mm. I, I, I'm a writer, and I seriously wondered whether, I, you know, everybody says it's so much faster. Well, you know, there's only so fast you can type, isn't it? So am I actually going to see a difference? And yes, even with typing, 
it's, it's subtle, but it feels faster. And then if I do video editing, I was telling somebody this today, there's a thing I, I used to do in Final Cut Pro on, a, on my 58 keys series that took a couple of minutes to do, and yeah, fine. This time, the new Final Cut Pro on Apple Silicon did it before I had sat back in my chair. <laughs> it was that different and uh, it's just uh, I, what what is it now as we record this I'm a couple of weeks into having it and still every minute I'm pretty much every minute I'm actually very consciously grateful that it's in front of me so yay Apple <laughs> Silicon yes very happy for you it makes a big difference and I still have an Intel iMac I use periodically and I just shiver with disgust uh, whenever I have to sit down yes. at that thing compared to my M1 MacBook Pro. It's just amazing. So I had to go back to my old Mac Mini to uh, deregister something to re-register it on the new one. And it took so long to start up. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's miserable. Yes. Do you have an M1, Neil? I do not. No, I'm still running a 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro, and I have it. Uh, well, I did have it connected to an eGPU that, that that has died, and I had to mail it in to get it fixed. But I am desperately waiting for for a 14-inch, like like William was. I'm waiting for a 14-inch MacBook Pro with the M1X or something like that, um, with a little bit more capability and, and more ports. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get one soon. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully at DubDub. Uh, real quick, I want to mention that there's a Louis Armstrong documentary coming to Apple TV+. Plus. They got the green light to make that. So as a trumpet player, I'm pretty excited about that. If you have not checked out lots of the stuff on Apple TV+, Plus, they got some good content on there. Just throwing that out. Every Friday, I, I, I can't wait to watch uh, the latest episode of For All Mankind. I love it. Yes, yes, exactly. William, have you gotten into that yet? Have you tried it yet? I've tried it. I liked it, but I just I was still not compelled back. I find I am watching Apple TV more than I was uh, before, so I'm slowly getting into things. But yeah, it's, it all seems very good. It just doesn't hold me. I think my favourite thing so far was um, On the Rocks, the Sofia Coppola film, and I, I think it was wonderful. I just I liked it, so I'm not as compelled. Right? There's no equivalent yet to The Mandalorian for me mm. or something like that to make me rush each week to see it. And there are on other services, so... For sure. Okay. Well, we'll see. Maybe I'll convince you eventually to to really love it. Have you done? Have you guys watched Ted Lasso? Love Ted Lasso. It's great. Read the script. Thought it was all right. That's the most much watched show on there. I've recommended it to a yeah. bunch of people who have never even watched anything on Apple TV Plus, and they come away like I recommended it to my parents, and they tore through it like in a weekend. And they're like, "Oh, that was so great." Yeah. So, yeah. I just watched uh, Calls a few weeks ago on Apple TV Plus. Really enjoyed that. It was really well huh. done. William, did you say eh to Ted Lasso? Did I hear you correctly? Yeah, because I've said this before. I read the script and uh, oh, for the pilot right. episode. And you know, pilots are always a bit rocky. This was a bit rocky. I keep meaning to come back to it, but the fact that it's sport. I liked that um, special, uh, the gag, gag reel thing they did for the, um, what were the award ceremonies recently that they did well Sags. in? They had a, a, like team, the SAGs, uh, pep talk for the Screen Actors Guild one. I well, that was very well done so that's kind of tempted me to try it again but i haven't got around to it yet it's a show that has no right to be as good as it is it's based on a commercial that was done for right. nbc sports years ago like you know i i heard about it it's like this is going to be terrible so I, I understand your skepticism william and and i agree but you should watch it absolutely okay i mean i'm skeptical because of on the page it didn't work and there were some clunks for it so but again like i say pilot scripts are always incredibly hard uh so i should try it Again, I promise to try it at some point. Okay. <laughs> at some point, <laughs> indefinite promise. I'm holding you to it. I'm holding you to it. Yeah. 
you do one day i will definitely watch it yeah you just yeah, yeah. wait okay <laughs> like logitech's gonna support harmony forever into the future too <laughs> thanks a lot all right well, i wanted to give a couple shout out to listeners we've been asking hey where are you guys listening from and we actually got some amazing responses a spidey sam hit us up on twitter he's listening from malaysia which is incredible and then wow yeah all i thought right. that was awesome that's brilliant and uh marek i believe that's how you pronounce it he is listening from the czech republic so that's pretty cool and uh ben ben sent me an email listening from paraguay he's an american living in paraguay and listening from down there so so cool listeners all over the place listening to apple insider and then we did have one question and i'm curious your guys thoughts on it too paul sent me an email and he mentioned uh, an ad blocker as a recommendation he talked about ghostery which is actually an ad blocker i've used in the past and ghostery is great you can get it in the mac app store along with lots of other ad blockers but real quick as kind of a final question do you guys use an ad blocker? And if so, which one? For me, I use, I think it's one blocker. I use that on my iOS and iPad device because you can use ad blockers there too on iOS. And I think I use something called Kablock on macOS because it was free or it's like 99 cents and I've just used it for a long time and it's worked. But I don't know, what do you guys use if you use an ad blocker? Actually, don't. And because I've only once been that, you know, you get to a site that's so ugly and horrible, you hit the read if you, you read that instead, fine. Uh, I've, there's only been one ad in ever that's annoyed me so much that I wanted to block it. And it was actually because, you know, I'm in the UK, I've had this Brexit thing, there's a guy called Nigel Farage here, just a, a, an abhorrence of a, a politician. And he keeps popping up in ads, uh, trying to encourage me to give him money for things. And like, that is <laughs> never gonna happen. I will spend that money on an ad blocker to block that one ad, but otherwise I don't. And that, that campaign <laughs> seems to have finished, fortunately. Um, oh, is it? Yes, Neil, tell me, what should I be using? Uh, well, so I, you know, I've, <laughs> I've worked in, in publishing most of my life, so I was very against ad blockers because, you know, you got to make a living. I got to keep the lights on. Sure, uh, sure. But there are rogue, I don't know if, if it gets into Google ads or something where, like, you'll go to a totally legitimate website and if something happens, and this happens a lot on my iPhone, where it will, like, forward me to another page entirely where it's, like, a scammy page. It says, like, yes. you know, install a VPN or something. And it's, like, I don't know how these get through the, the Google system. Like, I, I don't know if they're, like, you know, bad actors that get in there or something. So I do uh, have an ad blocker installed now because it was actually impeding my ability to just read things on the Internet. Yeah. Um, so I have Adblock Pro on my iPhone and my iPad, but I whitelist most websites because, again, you know, I want to support. But I do have it. The trigger is ready in the event that I go to a website and I get forwarded somewhere or something like that. And I think a lot of times it's not the website's fault because they're not the ones that are actually serving up the ads, third party service. But it's unfortunate that this is what the Internet has turned into because it just makes it impossible to actually read anything. And that's what I'm trying to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Reader view. If you don't use that, listeners, like William was saying, it is a great feature. You know, you do it on Mac and Safari and iOS and iPad. And it's uh, really nice. Nice, nice feature. I use it a lot. So I subscribe to The Athletic, which is a paid uh, uh, site. Um, and if there's something on there that I want to send to my parents, for example, I will PDF it through Reader View so that they can read it and get it in nice. a clean, readable format. Nice. All right, listeners, well, let us know. Do you use an ad blocker? Where are you listening from? Is it a far off country, far away from the U.S.? We'd love to know. You can tweet at myself, 
Neil and William. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. You can also email me. That's in the show notes as well. Don't forget you can now support the show at patreon.com slash Apple Insider and get an ad-free feed with all our episodes. If you have a podcast that you host and would like an Apple Insider staffer to appear on it, we'd love to hear from you. You can find instructions for that in the show notes as well. And if you haven't yet, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That'll also really help out the show. Don't forget to check out HomeKit Insider that comes out every Monday where we talk about the latest smart home and HomeKit news and devices. And the Apple Insider Daily podcast. Get the top Apple headlines in just a few minutes on Apple Insider Daily. And look for our recap special episode after the event on April 20th where you can hear about everything Apple announced right here on the Apple Insider podcast feed in just a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time.